1: song facts hello hello and welcome to song facts podcast my name is Corey o'flanagan and i am your host thank you so much for being here wherever you are wherever you're listening we are glad to have you Um, We are a podcast that is proudly in partnership with the Pantheon Podcast Network, pantheonpodcast.com. Head over there if you love all things music and podcasts, as you will get a load of information. We work hand-in-hand with the wonderful website songfacts.com. It's got the most amazing database and wealth of information about artists and music. For the story behind the song, go to songfacts.com. As always, if you like what you're hearing... Subscribe, write a review, tell a friend, just let us know if you are enjoying it, even if there's any artists that you think that we should be talking to, feel free to reach out, plenty of ways to reach us in the show notes, and we appreciate it all. All right, today we have an amazing artist to bring you once again. His name is Christopher Pappas, and he is the leader of the act called El Bell. They have a new album being released on November 13th, and we are going to go over a few of those new tunes, as well as some from the past that you may or may not have already heard. Christopher is really articulate when speaking about his music. He is a musical genius, if I might say, and it was such a pleasure to talk to him, so please enjoy Christopher Pappas.
2: Can I just need to talk?
1: Okay, so we are here today with Christopher Pappas. Is that right? Pappas?
2: Pappas, yeah.
1: Pappas. I w- I'm from Wisconsin, so I would go as far as Pappas. Pappas. But, uh, <laughs> Pappas. <laughs> but uh, um, playing right now, kind of stage name, kind of performer name is L Bell, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, awesome to be here with you. Thanks for joining us today on Song Facts. Oh, thank you, ma'am. Absolutely. So I just kind of like to start from the beginning. Um, we were kind of talking pre-recording about your, your dad's a musician. So what is, what's your history with playing music?
2: Sure, yeah. Um, I grew up in New Hampshire, a, a really small town called, called Auburn. Um, we had a fairly big city, Manchester, New Hampshire. I think, it, I think it's the biggest city in New Hampshire, uh, even bigger than the capital. And um, that was about say 20 minutes from our town. So we were able to go in the city, but my town, as it were, um, was very small, didn't even have like a traffic light or in the town, very much yeah. in the woods. Um, and uh, my dad growing up, he had this acoustic trio named uh, Rasmuth. And. Um, any deep cut Rasmuth records out there? Uh, no, no, they never <laughs> made any records. They were always my, my dad's, Um, relationship with music was always more bigger than a hobby because he was a professional musician before I was born um, he was making money just living off playing music but it was always a mix of covers and they'd splash in some originals okay um they weren't ever a band that like cut a record um that was like my dad's relationship with music. And then when I, when I was born, um, he was a biology teacher for most of my life until he okay. retired. Um, so music was always like a very deep passion for him um, and extra income, but he was never um, a songwriter. I, I don't think he'd call himself a songwriter. That was uh, something that I, he always had. There was music around the house, and I certainly learned how to play music from him. Yeah. But, um, looking back, it's, it's funny how, you know, my mom was a, a, a painter, an artist, and an, and an art teacher. Yeah. And I feel like my creative side, like creating something from nothing, um, or having the imagination to create something, probably came more from my mother. Um, okay. than my father, even though my father was the musician of the family. And taught kinda, and no doubt taught me music. I mean, my dad was our first sound guy, number yeah. one fan. He'd helped me book shows. Um, but he he wasn't much of a songwriter.
1: What a leg up to kind of have that history and have that assistance, you know, because I think yeah. booking, booking as a as a new act is is the most daunting thing because that can be the most discouraging, is all of a sudden you're like feeling good these rehearsals have been good we're feeling tight let's go and try and like get into some some venues and some bars or something and then all of a sudden you get no 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 and you're just like well maybe i gotta rethink this whole thing i bet that happens to a lot of people but it sounds like if you've kind of got that kind of assistance it might be a nice little guide along the way
2: yeah and especially for the music we were playing at at the time because you got to imagine now like um we were i was playing in bars when i was like my first gig, as it were, was in a bar when I was 13. We played in between wow. my dad's set at like he, at that point in time, he had this uh 60s cover band called Head Shop. <laughs> uh they were a trip, they were awesome. He played bass in the band. Um and there was this bar right um uh the Manchester Traffic Circle. Mm-hmm. Um I remember um, near Lake Winnipesaukee, uh, not Winnipesaukee, <laughs> I mean Lake Massabesic. Um, and uh, we were gonna so, fact
1: check those lakes anyway, so thank you. Yeah, yeah,
2: me. yeah. <laughs> like, I think it's a Chinese food restaurant now, but it used to be called Spats, this okay. uh, this bar right at the traffic circle in Manchester. And, um, and we played, me and my buddy uh, Tim, uh, we were in eighth grade. And it was our first gig, really. And we wow. and we played three songs. They were all covers. Uh, there was a Nirvana tune in there, I believe. Um a Stone Temple Pilots one. Um and I don't believe we did an original. Um, but uh yeah, we just played in between his set and it was the greatest freaking night of my life. I and, can't
1: imagine that buzz as an eighth grader. That'd just be an and, unbelievable thing.
2: Incidentally, um, like, I would say, it might have been that same weekend. My mother and I were in Home Depot and we were walking in one of the aisles and this guy comes up to me and is like, hey, weren't you the kid that played in spats last night?
1: Oh no, the seed yeah, was and, planted.
2: Yeah, that, that is like, if, if, the, if my life was like some sort of like comic book movie, that would be the origin story for sure. That's
1: like amazing. The,
2: I was just like my mom was like you you got bitten by the bug that's like the the, the stars in your eyes you were like he he liked my music he he remembers me
1: so did that band progress in anything that was one of my questions here is what were some of your first projects kind of growing up i mean it's you could just tell from listening that you've been playing music your whole life it's just always been around you because you're it sounds like you're producing all your records you're playing most of the instruments on them i would imagine yeah and so i'm just kind of curious how you've you've got I, I would say it's a unique sound because it's not you can't really place it and uh, we're gonna right. get into that a little bit down the road because that's something i want to talk about but um yeah what were what were some of those first projects that you worked through i mean it sounds like you were kind of into the grunge scene a little bit
2: yeah yeah for sure like nirvana when i discovered that music um that grunge music nirvana sonic youth rem those okay. were like my three big ones
1: cool
2: um and so like i remember um finding like getting a copy of murmur REM's murmur and yeah. i was like this is this is it for me like this is the pinnacle of songwriting i love the melodies The way it made me feel was really important. It it made me, um, it, it sounds funny, but there was like a, nos- a nostalgia for a time that I never had. I know it what you felt, mean. It, you know what I mean? It felt like like the, the, the things they were singing about when I was a kid anyway, the things that they were singing about and the things that they felt, I felt attached to, um, but I hadn't experienced those things yet. So it was almost like somebody singing about the big city say yeah. and it's like i can't wait to move there and be in the big apple or whatever like um similar to like when people see a movie and they see a location and they're like yeah. oh i want to live there someday these songs felt made me feel like there was like this like bigger life out there and um and i think um th- those three bands really informed uh, they, they make up the bedrock of my influence is still to this
1: day i think sure. that that makes a lot of sense to me because i was bit early on and i have no there's no one in my family that is down this road not many of my friends are but i was bit by the grateful dead bug and that nice. takes me to a place that i mean i've been to shows i never saw jerry i was too young for that but i've mm. i i just can i can just go nonstop with that band and um so I know completely what you're talking about, being taken somewhere, because I've always had this fascination with the late 60s and 70s, and that kind of, that kind of idea of what was going on then. What, where, where, where was all this creativity and new music coming from? So that makes, that makes sense to me. And I wanna kind of jump back into this, this idea that listening through your catalog to this point, I find like it's pretty hard to to throw you into a genre. So you've got acoustic, you've got synthy pop, um, I've heard some stuff that's even getting a little bit harder. I think especially on the new album, you're kind of getting into maybe even a little bit of, what would I even call this? Like uh, like the cars or something like that. Kind of like some, eight, it's just a little bit grungier. It's just like your, your guitar is getting a little dirtier or something like that. So I'm just kind of curious um, why you obviously have vast musical interests. Is there anything specifically that you were leaning on as you were writing this new album?
2: Well, This new album is really a product of the way I recorded it. For the first time ever, I um, went into a studio and recorded with a band to tape. Oh, really? Um, And so the process of doing that, I think, really informed the sound of it. And more than just like, oh, we got that warm tape sound. But I mean, like, it's looser. Uh, There's a lot of space on this record. You can, it, it feels like a band playing in a room and by nature, it's not perfect. I didn't get a chance to sit in my studio meticulously, bring in a guitar just for 30 seconds and the back half of chorus B, you know, it's, I mean, it's very much nuts and bolts um, with very few overdubs. There's some songs that break that mold. Mm -hmm. um, And there are some songs that I did in my studio um, but the, the bulk of the record, and I think what really informed the sound of the record, is the way we recorded it. And that was okay. to just get a bottle of tequila, <laughs> get Misty played on it, uh, yeah. whom you've spoken to.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Uh, Rob um, Humphreys uh, is the drummer on it, great drummer. Uh, Zach Jones and Pierre De reeder both play a little bass on it. And then Phil Croningold uh, plays guitar on it. Yeah. And we just did a bunch of takes of each song and chose the best one. Did a few little overdubs and then that's that's that and so it's very raw to me i, I was listening to a lot of guided by voices that was like the big the big ba- i don't know if you're familiar with them no. but oh my lord they're probably if i had discovered them when i was a kid that they would have been the other pillar of my musical vocabulary i'm taking
1: um, note i will go listen
2: Yeah, uh, check out um, Alien Lanes is great. Um B1000 is probably my favorite record. Okay. I think I think Alien Lanes is probably like the 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 go to that people tell people to go to, but B1000 is like probably one of my favorite, definitely one of my like top 10 records of all time. Cool. Um and so I was I got into them about you know, I was a super latecomer, I guess 5 years ago yeah um but they've been around since the early 90s and um and they are just incredible like like pop lo-fi beautiful melodies really obtuse cool sounding lyrics um and it just has that energy that like brewing chaos to it by the way it's recorded it's really lo fi recordings and to me that that's part and parcel for why i love them i i don't know why i, lo- I love records that sound like that um and i never want to dispar- disparage from bands like um you know just off the top of my head like air say or yeah. um
1: just someone who um, plays really clean records really nice and clean yeah
2: records really with like high fidelity yep um the even if i love the songwriting there's just something to me about the trashy demo-y sounding recordings that attract me and i don't know why i i can't really say uh, other than it's just an aesthetic taste i have um there's just something feels more maybe honest about it or true or or raw i guess but these things just describe it i i can't really explain though why I don't we have
1: to be responsible to answer why something appeals to our ears it's like the same thing of I'm not someone who likes the taste of earthy things like uh, beets and mushrooms and things like that so yeah I people are always giving me shit for it but I just say why I, I can't tell you why my palate just doesn't like it I'm sorry <laughs> right <laughs> so right It's not a, it, that's not our, I'm, I'm, I want to jump into this whole thing goes misty boys did connect us and you guys worked on a great song together called knock on the light
2: oh yeah <laughs> Relationships. Oh no. But the conversation feels rather stale, rather stale. I'll win around.
1: And this has a very unique and distinct sound and I think um, I think of the fuzzy but crunchy guitar solo Um, and another song that's just an amazing song I had it on today as I was putting together our outline and and just digging back into some research trying to find out what all you've been up to is the weekend that is just it's honestly it's just I can't get out of my head my Uh. girlfriends in love with it Um, we're having so much fun with this song And it just made me think of this question because you have a lot of these very specific sounds and the sounds are very wide ranging. So when you are writing these tunes, how much time is spent searching for this perfect sound?
2: I would say the majority of it. Um, I don't think so.
1: I mean, I got to imagine you're sitting there with a bank of pedals and your synthesizer and you are just going through, you know, everything that's within the power that you can create in that room.
2: Right, right. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I'll have songs where I'll do them more loose and grungy, or maybe if I make this a bit more rhythmically exciting, maybe it's, maybe this is more people are going to want to dance to it or, um, and there'll be like three or four different versions of the same song. Mm -hmm. And I often find that people uh, like, I'll look at a song and find that genre primarily is just how you dress it up. Yeah. A song is just a song, it's neutral. And that the genre is um the instruments you put on it. Like if I re-recorded weekend with banjo and you know a boom 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 tub bass, <laughs> it would it sound a like band. a traditional folk tune. Yeah. Now I mean, I know that's not completely true because there's lyrical, there's genre specific lyrics like country songs tend to have a certain cadence to their lyrics and, yep. and such like that. But I think people don't truly appreciate how much what makes a pop song versus a country song versus a um, you know grunge song versus a dance electronic song is a lot of what you dress it up in. Yeah. um, and so I actually spend a lot of time trying to figure out where this song lives comfortably, and not like I, I feel like I could force any song into anything. And I, I try and resist that urge and just try and find what's where it fits best and then follow that. And I heard um, a great
1: breakdown recently of someone who was explaining the difference between a straight eight beat. On the hi-hat versus just adding swing to it and just how just that little you can put the same chords the same tempo the same backing music and all the drummer has to do is just swing that straight eight and it just can completely change the feel of the song so it can be that simple and someone would be like that's a completely different genre that sounds like um, post-punk early 80s and that sounds like something that's like more R&B because they swung it and it's just like it can be that simple so that makes sense. I a little bit more about the song "The Weekend" just because it's been such a fascination of mine over the sure. last few days here. And this kind of you do a lot of collaborations. You you bring a lot of people into your records, which I think is great. But what I was wondering is, th- there's a, the chorus to that song, which was sung by the the amazing Cat Myers. It's mm-hmm. such a catchy melody, and I'm wondering, did you have that written, and then after you wrote it. Did you just know that you needed a distinct voice like hers in order to um, to give it justice?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I, yes, uh, that's exactly what happened. I sung the chorus myself. Cause that's, I, I when I'm writing, I try and take away all assumptions mm-hmm. like, uh, and realize, like never go on autopilot and never assume something is the way it is because that's just what you do. And so um, when I'm singing the chorus and I don't like my voice on it, I'm, I just go, well, why would I be the one to sing it? <laughs> Maybe I'm not the one that's gonna sing this chorus, and then that was like, you know what? I I hear like this really cool female bo- vocal. I actually had a lot of girls sing it. It was almost like the Steely Dan method, yeah. Right. So, so they would write this song, and then they would just have players play what they wrote, almost like a modern day orchestra. Exactly. Really. Um, and that's uh, you know I, I've written for orchestra before. And so I have a little bit of background. I studied classical music. And so maybe that influenced it. I'm just kind of making that connection now. Yeah. But um, really, I, I wrote the part and realized that I wasn't the one to be able to play it or sing it correctly. And so um, I brought in a few girls and Kat just, she was the first one I brought in. And I I brought in a couple other girls to just, just see. But like when Kat did it, I mean, we looked at each other and I'm like, this is, this is fire. Like there's, this is it. Um, I did my due diligence, but the other girls did, they didn't have a chance. Like Kat just so nailed it. So.
1: Stay tuned for more song facts podcast right after this. So here's a quick question for you. Are you registered to vote? Well, headcount is a nonpartisan organization That works with the music and entertainment industry to get fans to vote. To update or check your voter registration status, go to headcount.org, where you'll find all the information you need to be ready for Election Day. It's coming up fast, so do it now. Register to vote at headcount.org.
0: If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023, where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's d r i z l y.com, and get your favorite drinks delivered today. Get you some back back.
1: I think sometimes you got to do that, that you got to reconfirm, right? You've got to go and get yourself a couple of no's just to be like, because you can hear it and just be like, I know for sure, because it was that good. But it's also good, like you said, just to go and like do some due diligence and jump back into that. And I'm going to bother you a little bit more with this song, just because it it, it keeps coming at me. And the more that I listen to it, the more questions that kept coming up. So I want to talk about the lyrics a little bit. The chorus seems to be someone kind of making a deal with themselves um, just get through this and things will be fine or somewhere in that realm and the second verse um, I really love and I would like you to elaborate a little bit more on this you say total little joke at my expense and now it'll own my now it'll own my chest but you know damn well I can't afford that rent it seems to be painting towards someone who is pointing towards someone who is very sensitive am I right there or what's going
2: on with yes that? One hundred percent. it's um it's like we often joke about the things that we're most insecure about, or at least I do. I mean, I'm gonna pull back the veil and and the song, I'm the protagonist in it, yeah. right? <laughs> Surprise, twist. I was ending. curious. I was
1: curious. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, no, I, <laughs> totally. um and and there is um there's a comfort in like glib. Sadness. Like, yeah. oh yeah, I have existential terror. Me in real life, uh, sort of vibe of, I'm sad, you're sad, we're all sad. <laughs> isn't that hilarious? Okay. <sighs> and then you, you tell it as like a little joke and then it starts to really get, at the end after the punchline and the laughter fades and you're left with the fact it being true, it's too much of a burden to bear. Yeah. Um, and so um, that that's really what those lines speak to.
1: I guess I, I just really like that you, you threw that into the metaphor of I can't pay that rent. I don't i don't know why I like that. I don't know if it's because of the times we're dealing with a situation where there might be massive evictions and things like that going on. And that's kind of somewhere in my brain, um, you know, thinking about those kinds of things, but, something about that just resonated with me. And I, I just, I'm thank you for diving a little bit deeper into that because it was, I thought that I might've had it, but I didn't know for sure. And and I'm happy to know that you were the protagonist because I didn't, I was like, I wonder if he's writing about this. But after we started talking, I was like, no, he's a jokester. <laughs> this, is, this is on him. Um, yeah. So, okay. This, this, this band or this act, I don't know what you would necessarily want to call El Bell, but, um, you, guys, you essentially formed this in 2013,
2: is that right? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's okay. about that, the summer of 2013. And you're
1: about to release a new album that's going to be called Post Everything on November 13th. Um, my question on this is, you're seven, eight years into this. What have you learned as a songwriter in this time?
2: Man, I feel like there's one big lesson that um, I learned and then forget in the process and have to relearn and relearn every time. And it's Doesn't trust stick. yourself, okay. trust yourself, trust your taste. trust your instincts, follow, follow those. It's it's a lesson that I keep, that's the trick. It's not, I, I, I don't I don't feel like I've ever reached the summit of the mountain and, and had like that ah, one aha moment. It's mm-hmm. that I have the aha moment over and over again. Just to maintain this uh, this level of of of, um, of focus and and um, and vision on the project.
1: Yeah. And does so it bother it's always
2: course correcting.
1: Does it bother you that that keeps coming around, or does it does it? Do you find gratitude in the fact that you keep being reminded?
2: I think I I, I find gratitude. I think that it's just necessary. It, I don't think life isn't linear it's it's cyclical it's it's um chaotic it's all these things at once it's dynamic and yeah. it's ever-changing and i don't ever feel like it's a like a video game like achievement unlocked yeah. and now i just like level up and i continue on it's like you level up but then you lose it and then you gain it back and then it's it's waving and dynamic and we make we grow right and yep. there's always progress there's always some sort of forward progress but um a lot of these big issues i just have accepted that i'm going to be it's a, always going to be a work in progress yeah i'm always going to feel confident and proud and scared and excited and um, happy with what i'm doing and absolutely hate it and it's i i think part of maybe that's another thing i've learned just on a meta level is that like do, that's okay to mm-hmm. to be reminded or need the reminder yeah. to like follow my taste
1: i hope that you don't take this the wrong way but i have heard some video game levels music in some of the songs that i've heard and i wondered if you might have dabbled in scoring anything like that
2: now i'm really curious about this because um I, I love video game music, so
1: I was I, I don't I'll, I'll when we I'll email you the songs that I had because I have to go back and listen to them because I didn't write them down. But there was one or two for sure where I was like, I could just hear I could hear like Mega Man or something like that. And I was just like, nice. this is awesome. Yeah. Um, so one of the singles on the new album is called Didn't I. to be talking about trying to understand the feelings someone might be having for a person that they don't necessarily want. Is the idea for this personal or more hyperbole?
2: Um, it's a little bit of both this song is very um, much like light and fun, and it's it's less, I would say that you're you're right that it's about not understanding why you like somebody or love somebody as it were. Yeah. Um, but they're not fighting against it. There's a very much like, look, I don't know why I love you, I, but I do. So this is great. Right. It, it's, it's a bit more uh, of, of, of that sort of vibe.
1: I didn't know um, if it was like that, or maybe like a, a, a friend situation where the feel some one of them had the feelings expand, um, into sure, a situation yeah. where they were like, well, I really shouldn't be feeling this. We've been friends for this long and I know that they don't feel that way, but I can't help the way that I'm feeling. I'm just kind of struggling with it. So I, I know that a lot of times we can take it wherever we want, but that's kind of where I went with it.
2: Yeah. It, it, in fact, it, it may even be like the 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 feeling that you were describing before of like uh, not liking mushrooms. You're like, I don't need a reason why. It's It's a song about relieving yourself of that burden of trying to figure out why you like something
1: okay yeah
2: i really like it's a that song about instinct in 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 a, in a concise word and and trusting it trusting instinct which is, the, is it's funny that it it kind of segued into this but
1: yeah what's the song on the album that you're most excited for people to hear
2: oh man
1: you can say all of them that's fine
2: Yeah, I don't know. It's so funny, because like, I wouldn't even know if I knew my personal favorite, maybe everyone knows, but they won't tell you that might be one of my personal favorites. I'd just be excited. If, I want people to hear their favorite song on it. I think you know that's whatever fair. that may be.
1: Why would you say that? That everyone knows. I
2: don't know. I I think that I'm. I, I like the something lyrics. about it
1: that you're proud of the lyrics and.
2: Yeah, and and it, it's just really short and sweet. And there's something about it that really um, feels feels like I was able to capture. A lot of times, recording is about being able to capture an idea accurately. And so I feel like I did that with that song. Like it sounds like the way I wanted it with um at the right length and and that sounds funny cuz you you would assume that all the songs sound the way I wanted it. And that's true to a certain extent, but there's something that I captured in there that I'm I, I'm really stoked about.
1: Yeah, but there is something to having a lick or a a melody or something like that and never really finding the right structure to surround it with. Right. So when you can really hit on all cylinders that you want and you've got the beat, you've got the melody, you've got the lyric, and it's all feeling really good and tight, I don't know if that happens 100% of the time. I think that it's unreasonable to think that every song on every record that is ever produced is that there's no compromises and so right. um I, I like that kind of aspect of like yeah i i hit it here and i'm i'm proud of that so there's no yeah. problem saying that um, there's an
2: earnestness to it too that i i find that i, I like because i think earnestness is typically frowned upon nowadays in yeah. general
1: i can see that i'm curious about some of the um other work that you've done, because as I as I started finding a little some write ups on you and stuff, I I saw that besides pumping out a ton of original music, which is you've done it at an insane rate, wasn't your first your first release a double album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've just, yeah. I mean, you've just, you you're obviously very creative and and don't have any shortage of of ideas coming out of you. But you've you've transitioned a little bit and. Um, you've also composed an award-winning musical. So I'm really curious. What can you tell us about that different style of writing and song formation?
2: Um, that, so I yeah, I wrote a musical with my friend, a college buddy of mine, and um and it was completely silly. um it's <laughs> it's a comedy. And that approaching that, I, I approached that writing the music for that as uh, more of a comedian. Okay. Um, all the songs do the boom chick mute. It was my impression of making fun of musicals <laughs> essentially. Um, and so it, a lot of it came from that lens through or through that lens. A lot of the writing was through that lens. So it's very silly. It's very campy, but per like, Making fun of that, so in a way, yeah,
1: I know what you mean. So did because you were taking it from more of a I don't know, satire angle, do you think that that alleviated some of the pressure of oh, yeah, I'm venturing into something that is completely foreign to
2: me? uh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, it would be funny. We'd be in meetings with like the producer, like because my my partner, his name's Justin Moran, great, brilliant writer. Um, We're actually working on another project together, uh, which is a horror movie, which incidentally Standing Room Only comes from. So we're writing another horror musical together um, and Standing Room Only is one of the tracks on it. Um, But so he's versed in musicals. He he knows he comes from that world and we'd be in meetings with the producer and they'd mention yeah oh yeah like the ending of some musical and i'd be like i've never seen that musical i'm sorry (laughs) like you've never seen like i've never seen greece like i'm not a musical guy like somebody showed me a clip from greece like this sucks why do people like this it's
1: it's a slippery slope all of a sudden you're gonna be three seasons deep into glee and you're gonna have no idea what you've been doing all weekend (laughs)
2: Oh man, but I, I just can't—I can't get over the like. It, it's hard for me to find a musical I like, and so making fun of it felt really fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I can imagine that.
2: Yeah.
1: Do you think that um? Do you think that lyrically, do you think you were more focused on the lyrics or the the melody and the music with it? I'm curious about The melody about and
2: the music, because Justin would write a lot of the lyrics. Okay. Because they they tend to weave from the script. That's not to say that, um, like, it was very collaborative. Like I was writing some of the jokes in the script and he'd write some of like, like he'd have sometimes a melody. He's not a musician. He doesn't know how to play any instruments, but he, he can sing. Yeah. And so sometimes he'd be like, no, can it be like this? Like, blah, 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 blah. And then it goes, high, And I'm like, oh, I think I get what you mean. And I'd be on the piano and yep. stuff like that. So it was very collaborative. So everybody kind of wrote everything, um, but I primarily wrote the music and maybe like half of the lyrics. And he primarily wrote the script and and the um, uh, the book, as they say.
1: Okay, cool. Well, I'm excited to see what's next because obviously the more that you do it, the more you develop. So this horror movie is probably gonna be a uh, an interesting project. Okay, so I wanna jump into these these big three questions. Two of them you know, one of them I've just thought of as we've been talking nice and um, so the first one if you had to listen to one band the rest of your life who would that be?
2: probably R.E.M. I didn't know. Why is that? The just uh, Well, <laughs> I, my mind immediately went to like the practical side of this question. Like, I want to answer your question honestly. And they just have such a wide catalog. Yeah. That like you could, you could listen to it and switch out albums and not get bored. Where um, it would probably be either them or maybe Guided by Voices, to be honest. Because likewise, they just have, they have like 30 albums. Yeah. So
1: I'm wondering if this is going to be in the same realm. Um, what's a song that you wish you would have
2: written? Man. Does this mean <laughs> I'm taking this song away from this poor person? No, not like at I'm... all. Okay. Uh, because my first thought is uh, True Love Will Find You in the End by Daniel Johnston.
1: Okay.
3: True Love Will Find You. You'll find out just who with your friend don't
2: be sad I know you will but don't that, that song might be one of my favorite songs of all time I don't
1: think um, enough people know about him I'm so happy you said that so that I can put a little piece of his music in there um, oh, dive God, into that a little bit why why is that?
2: Um, I think it goes back to my love for lo fi recording and all that Daniel Johnston is one of my biggest influences as a songwriter i, I I've seen him or i saw him unfortunately he passed away mm-hmm. but um, I saw him before he was he he died I was lucky enough to see him about four i think four times wow um and I actually met him once um and there is just, there is no, from inspiration and what he's feeling to the audience is a direct line and it's short and it's sharp and it and it just sticks in you. There's nothing, there's no filter in between. Um, mm-hmm. It just feels like such pure songwriting and when he's singing and when he's playing, If you see him in the moment where he wrote that song, you see him reliving it. And there's a story, whether or not it's true or not, but there's this story about him where his first tape that he was making, his first record, he recorded it on cassette tape and he didn't understand the duplication process. Mm -hmm. So instead of duplicating the tape, he just played the album over again for each (laughs) tape he would just replay the record. And in a sense, I saw, I saw him do that with his songs when he played live, instead of playing the song again, it was almost like he was playing it for the first time and reliving the emotion that spurred the song and, and inspired the song. And um, there was just such a beauty to that.
1: I mean, think about that, it kind of what popped into my head when you were saying that was your idea of um, you keep getting reminded to trust your instincts, trust your trust, your decision making, trust that what you're doing is, is right as a songwriter and think of taking that, you know, however many levels deeper that might be and you forgot its muscle memory. You know, the lyrics, they're in your head, you know how to play the chords to a song but you're playing it for the first time again. And that's, I don't know, that what an interesting concept that is.
2: Right. Right.
1: Um, Third question I've got. And I thought about this because we were kind of talking about some of these amazing and I, it feels to me like you tend to bring in a lot of um, really amazing female talent to work with you. Mm. Um, But what's a dream collaboration
2: for you? Well, you know, I've been listening to a lot of Chris Cohen records lately. Um, okay.
1: Any particular?
2: As If Apart. He released it in 2016. Um, there's a song, my entry point into this record was um, hearing a song called Yesterday's On My Mind. And then I I, I was like, what is that? And um Was always a real big um deer hoof fan he was from that band Deerhoof. okay um and so i was i was always a big fan i don't know if you um i was really into that album friend opportunity i don't know if you no were able to uh listen to it really really awesome um but so anyway um the way the record sounds is just so man it's like somebody plucked my perfect record sound out of my head and like made it and so as of this point even though it's a new um I'm a new fan I would say to work with Chris um and have him uh uh, produce a record for me or an EP or something like that uh would be a, a current dream collaboration
1: cool I think that's really great. I mean, it's just nice to be able to have something that's a lot of times I feel like a question like that gets answered in something that's current um, that you're that's currently going into your ears and into your brain because um, that's that's what's most relevant to you You keep gravitating towards back towards it. And so um, that'd be a fantastic collaboration, I think. So uh, awesome stuff. So I'm going to veto what we were talking about earlier. Um, and I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to close this episode with, um, the title track to your new album, Post Everything. Great. And I'm just, before, before we end it, before we, uh, sink into that song, what can you tell us about it?
2: Um, this was something that I felt really summed up the, the whole vibe of the record. And it's, it's a dabble with nihilism um i my default is i'm really a sensitive person i um i care deeply about things mm-hmm. and probably to a fault in a lot of instances because i often find that i f- at least i feel like i'm this kind of whiny dude putting coasters under everybody's drinks <laughs> In a way. And I mean that on like a societal, like, I'm like, can we not do this? Can we like, I'll see somebody getting famous and I'm like, why are we liking this person? Hello. Like, and and just like this. And I've been toying with the idea of trying to find balance between caring about things and letting myself enjoy say trash tv or not being so uptight about the socio-political ramifications of enjoying this kind of beverage yeah or um like just going offline on these sort of things that i i feel from my perspective no one else cares about And then you sort of become the guy that's like, you know, you shouldn't do that because it hurts this and you shouldn't enjoy that uh, art because uh, they said some stuff in the past that wasn't really um, good. And and you end up like policing everybody. I felt like I was policing everybody all the time.
1: I... I'm really appreciative for you to open up like that and just kind of give us a little bit of insight and a glimpse and this whole thing. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I hope that you have too. Right
2: um, on, man. We're going to,
1: I'm I'm really excited about the release of this album. I'm fortunate to enough to have heard a handful of tracks in the next couple of days. I'm sure I'll listen to the rest. So thank you for doing that. And um, I, I wish you nothing but the most success. And I really hope that, um, sometime down the road we can do this again
2: right on man likewise uh stay safe and healthy and sane out there
1: all right big big thank you to christopher for spending some time with us and going into depth on some of the tunes off of this new album for us as well as some from the past and i always find it so interesting to get an idea of the influences that people are listening to as they're writing an album and going deeper into their past with music to kind of see where where they got to where they are today always good stuff and and i feel like he explained it very well and and opened up nicely so thank you again very grateful for that here is his new tune off of the new album this is the title track album is dropping november 13th so please enjoy post everything